time to take the next step with Looney Libis. So this week it's kind of special. I'm here in Singapore at Frontier Incubators. Sounds crazy enough, but it's an accelerator for accelerators. There's 11 teachers who are uh, organizations that run accelerators for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then there are 19 organizations that run co-working spaces and incubators and accelerators that are here to get better. And what I'm going to do this week is try and let you have some idea of why on earth we would do this in the first place, but why do, why do all these groups, right? This is 30 different organizations exist to help you wherever you are in the world. And so sitting here in the booth with me, I have two of the students of the program. My name is Celia. Um, I'm one of the founders of She Investments, which is based in Cambodia. We run the only gender-focused and culturally tailored business incubators and accelerators for women in the country. I'm Raj Bhandari from uh, Want to Watch Nepal. We incubate, accelerate uh, companies as well, but we have a full-fledged investment management team that invests in these companies as well, and uh, we're slowly starting a post-investment team soon. All right, so all three of us around the table here for a living, what we do is help entrepreneurs. Different entrepreneurs in different places, but what we've learned in the past week is that we, we all have the same problems. Our problems are that uh, it's hard to find you, you know, you the listener. I'm, I'm assuming you're an entrepreneur if you're listening because otherwise you're on the wrong podcast. And it's hard to find you, it's hard to help you, it's, and most importantly, it's really hard to fund you. And it's hard to fund you because there are way more entrepreneurs out there than funders. And so groups like ours, we exist to try and help narrow it down for not just provide help to you, but also provide the deal flow to those investors so that they can find the best of the entrepreneurs. So why don't you just jump to Nepal for a second? Uh, how many other groups are doing this in Nepal? Um, there used to be one more group. Um, True North, my investment company, used to run an accelerator separately. Uh, Want to Watch used to uh, run an accelerator, does right now. And we decided to do a strategic merger because we, we found out there is no use of having so many accelerators which churn out, uh, which don't necessarily help out the companies uh, that apply or are a part of them. Um, so we can combine forces and resources and become more effective. That's our idea. And so just be clear for, for so what I can imagine from the point of view of the entrepreneurs, they're going, but, but I want more programs. Uh, and the reason is that there's only so much money for the next step after the accelerator. And so how many did you guys get to do last year in the, or in the last 12 months? Okay, uh, 10. 10, okay. In all, in, in all of Nepal, focused on impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and are there tech accelerators in, in, in Kathmandu? There are smaller accelerators that uh, certain project partners do on their own, like DFID would have a women's uh, focused, uh, women entrepreneurs focused uh, accelerator called Spring. Uh, a few incubation um, activities happening under uh, agribusiness. Um, so some sector focus is there, but it's still, I'd say, still very, very fragmented. Okay, and you said women-focused. Let's jump back to Celia again. Is that fair? Is it, is is it, it fair? Is, is it fair <laughs> that there are all these women-focused programs? I think it is. Uh, the, like, the reason that they exist is because the majority of larger businesses, so small, medium, large businesses, are male-owned. Yep. Um, the majority of support structures in place are 
tailored to a more masculine business environment. Um, and so the support structures available to women that provide them with the specific needs that they have and, and, and help them to overcome the barriers that are specific to them, a lot of the time they don't exist. And so that's the purpose of them. It's not necessarily to exclude men, um, but it's more to provide an environment for women that doesn't exist in the typical business environment. Right. And, and do you listener, I'm not sexist. I'm a feminist, in fact. Set her up on that question. But um, <laughs> most entrepreneurs, we were actually talking about this this week, probably accept your program. Uh, everyone else in the room gets more applicants from men than women. Mm. And so we, one of the topics we were talking about this week is how to fix that because there are um, issues around our applications and our, and our messaging and our marketing that causes that. And that's on top of the whole big issue of, the, of almost every culture in the world where it's just not expected that women do this. Mm. Yeah. What else did you guys learn this week? Oh, man, I learned so much. I think... Uh, Celia had a day. I, think I, had, I had a big day, yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> I think um, I have, have had in my head that there's this perfect model for incubators, accelerators. There's this business model that we should have, and I hadn't been able to crack it or figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. how... Are these other global organizations such as yourself, how are they sustainable? How are they making money? What are we doing wrong? And what I learned was that there are so many different models and sometimes having diverse revenue streams is the best model. Sometimes licensing is the best model. Partnerships and collaborations are, are like not just a nice thing, but they're crucial if you want to scale and if you want to do more work. But I think I, I learned a lot about just scaling sustainably which is probably the biggest question that I had coming into it. Which is exactly what they're looking for, right? Mm. The, the listeners here with their companies, right? Accelerators are companies mm. in almost every case. I don't think we didn't have a government-funded one here. Yeah. Um, but those exist too. But but uh, everyone in the room, so 30, 30 organizations are all companies trying to make a living helping entrepreneurs make a living helping mm. customers. Yeah, we're trying to help entrepreneurs, but we also need to pay our own bills. And like, <laughs> <laughs> We're entrepreneurs too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Surely, yes. I think uh, I'd agree with Celia. You have to, what was quite surprising is that, I, I guess not the, uh, a lot of the participants didn't realize that, hey, uh, an accelerator is also a business. Mm -hmm. That if you don't think of your organization as a business, you're going to have shortcomings, which means... A, you're not going to have enough resources to get the top talent, people who can actually come in, have the business skills to actually be able to help entrepreneurs scale up, find the nuances in their business model and really work on that. So having diverse revenue streams within the program uh, is, is extremely important. Uh, another aspect I'd say is in the large scheme of things, entrepreneurs will struggle with getting financing. So having that part of the program or in your organizational setup, a linkages to impact funds, venture capital funds, something along those lines is very important because if you go through an acceleration process, which takes three months and no result to show after that with actual money or resources being poured into the company, it's sort of like I feel time is lost. And uh, so essentially, that's a good tip to, again, if, if you're listening and haven't done an accelerator yet, so if you're looking for the right accelerator for you, one good question to ask is not just do they, do they help find money for you, but uh, do they invest themselves? And if not, what's their success rate at finding 
uh, capital for their graduates. I would also suggest that if you're looking for an incubator and accelerator, look at how they measure because there's everyone has different forms of success rates. Um, you may not be looking for venture capital. Um, you may just be looking to get to a point where you're actually sustainable or you're hitting your profit margins or, you know, something, getting to a certain point where maybe in the future you can get investment. But look at how that incubator accelerator is actually measuring because a lot of people might say, you know, we've trained a thousand people and that's really great, but how many businesses came out of that? How long is the support that you're going to receive? Um, what's the value for your money and your time? Yeah, and um, in, in the search, I think it's very important you shouldn't be shy about asking questions because that way you get to judge if an accelerator program is not responsive when it comes to initial questions. You can well imagine when you're in the program, it may be a similar theme. So the more responses you get, uh, the more information that's available that the programs can give you upfront, that's always a good sign that, hey, there's something, these guys are genuinely there to help you. So that's a telltale sign about how responsive people are. Don't just go for the free programs. <laughs> <laughs> like make an investment in yourself um, and in your business by investing in either your time, your money, like what, whatever your capacity might be. Um, and if the better program says no, the right answer is apply the next time. And the yeah. next time, um, yeah, my record of pledge is five. Mm -hmm. five, five times applying before you get accepted. Mm. Something like three years of applying until they got accepted. Yeah, I mean, like I did an incubator to create an incubator um, and I could not afford it. Like I was, it was, it was like staying in hostels, sleeping on people's couches, like could not afford to do it. But um, like we made, that was our way of making an investment into actually like starting something that we believed could really work. Um, and I'm really glad that we did it because I think if we hadn't have made that investment, we wouldn't have had the commitment to the program and to our business to actually starting something and growing something. Um, and so that's what we kind of say our entrepreneurs. Like if, if you can't afford it, like what can you afford? Invest something, at least invest your time, your travel expenses, make it as accessible as possible, but don't just look for the free things because those are often the programs that may not be able to provide you with the value that you need? Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, I think we're one of the few ones that charge, I think the only one that charges money in Nepal. There was a great business that applied, but they said, listen, we cannot pay the fee. And they had good potential. However, I looked around and I said, I'm really sorry, we can't take you in, can't make any concessions, because there are 10 other businesses who are willing to pay. So it was a it was a bit of a a moment of reckoning reckoning I'd say but uh, yeah that's uh, that's just, just how mm. things are happening and that's a, I'm gonna say that's a whole other can of worms yes the, mm. the programs that charge the yeah, programs yeah. are free yes. and the programs like mine that that pay you that yeah. invest mm. in you yeah. um, but we'll save that for another yes. week mm. all right so <laughs> thanks thanks guys for joining this week uh, and uh, I don't know what's next week but uh, we'll find out then until then. <laughs>